From News Talk 580-1059 KMJ, this is the Maddie Report, Valley Views Edition. Now here's your host, Mark Kepler. The legitimacy of elections depends on faith in the electoral process. A new way of voter registration and participation is coming to California, commonly referred to as motor voter. What will change? What are the challenges in implementing motor voter? And what impact will it have on voter participation and the electoral process in California? We'll ask. Alex Padilla, California's Secretary of State, Laurel Rosenhall with Cal Matters, and John Myers, the Sacramento Bureau Chief of the LA Times. We'll also hear from Rebecca Martinez, Clerk Recorder Registrar of Voters from Madera County, one of a handful of counties in California that piloted an all-mail ballot in the last election. BNSF Railway, moving our economy for 160 years. BNSF, the engine that connects us. Additional funding for the Maddie Report made possible by a grant from The Wonderful Company, harvesting health and happiness around the world. As well as support from Era Energy LLC, Bonner Family Foundation, Community Medical Centers, Harris Ranch Inn and Restaurant, Nossaman LLC, Sagasser Watkins and Whelan, and Valley Children's Hospital. From the California Channel at the State Capitol and the Maddie Institute, it's the Maddie Report with Executive Director of the Maddie Institute, Mark Kepler. Welcome. Getting people registered to vote is the first step in increasing voter participation, and that means making it easier for people to register to vote. Our guest is Secretary of State Alex Padilla, long-term proponent of something called Motor Voter. It's one of the strategies to help increase voter registration and thereby increase voter participation. Welcome back to the Maddie Report. Uh, Thanks for having me back on the show. Okay, so tell us about Motor Voter. What exactly is it, and why do you think it's necessary? Uh, Well, I think the first step uh, to recognize is uh, offering an opportunity for eligible people to register to vote while they're conducting business at DMV is nothing new. In in fact, it's been required by federal law for more than 25 years. What we've done recently in California is simply modernize uh, how we comply with that federal law. You know, technology has come a long way, and we now have the ability to share data uh, between state agencies, in this case the Department of Motor Vehicles and the California Secretary of State. And if we stop and think about when we're at DMV, whether you're applying for a a driver's license or a state ID, all the same information, name, address, date of birth, you're signing a piece of paper, it's the same for voter registration. So that's one piece. But most importantly, it's, you know, if you fundamentally care about our democracy, then you have to agree that more eligible people participating is how our democracy is supposed to work. So if we have an easy way to register eligible people to vote, you know, why not do that if it means more people registered and more people ready to vote in each so the idea election? More efficient and effective. Exactly. Um, okay, so we're not the first state to do that. California is actually the second state to doing this. Oregon, I guess, was the first. But how was it rolled out in California? How was Motor Voter rolled out? So uh, uh, California Motor Voter was launched in California last April. Uh, and so it was a couple, couple months in place before the June primary. But in, in early enough where by the time the November election came around, we saw some pretty uh, inc- impressive numbers. First of all, more than 750,000 Californians who had previously been eligible but not registered were registered to vote in the process and they could then you know, vote in the November election. Was that election. something we'd ever seen before, that kind of big spike? Uh, not that big, not that sheer of volume. Yeah. 
you know, you see a lot of people standing outside a, a supermarket right. board or maybe right. even going door to door. Right. Uh, but, you know, to your point, this effective and this efficient mm -hmm. at capturing large numbers of eligible Californians. Uh, so that was one thing. The other thing that uh, most people did not anticipate is the increased accuracy of our voter rolls. Because there's a lot of people coming through DMV who are already registered to vote. But maybe they haven't updated their address in a while, or maybe their political views have changed and they want to update their political party preference. That is also possible seamlessly at DMV. And there's another million and a half people who updated their registration record prior to the November election. And we continue to see more and more going forward, week in, week out, month in, month out. Now, do you opt in or opt out of the system? So under California Motor Voter, it's an opt out. If you're eligible, the default is you will be added to the voter rolls uh, unless you tell DMV, I do not want to be a registered voter. Uh, but what's not optional is to, to still verify you're eligible. Right, you still have to attest uh, to your eligibility, right. meaning you're 18 years or older and a citizen of the United States. You know, they found that too with, with, with employees, and we're talking about 401k plans. Like one of the questions there, it's kind of similar. Do you have them automatically be registered in a 401k versus having them, you know, opt in? They found much better participation if you just started automatically and told if you want to opt out, just tell us. So you're kind of using the same model here. Um, there's some research to support that says that's, that's probably a good idea. The, exactly. the, the Voter Choice Act, I want to ask you a little bit about the, um, in more detail later, but there, you rolled that out with, with five counties? Uh, yes, so it's a law that was uh, passed by the legislature, signed by Governor Brown in 2016. And frankly, it's a new, modern, more efficient, and effective way of administering the election with more choices for voters, mm -hmm. more options for voters. Uh, because we didn't want the whole state moving at once, we made 14 counties eligible to be the first in 2018. Five counties ultimately did so, uh, Madera, Napa, uh, San Mateo, uh, Sacramento, Nevada County, and, and Sacramento, Sacramento was yeah. the largest. I can't believe all, remember all those. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Overwhelmingly successful. And, and yeah. so we, we can talk in detail about what the Voters' Choice Act means. But bottom line, for those five Voters' Choice Act counties, voter turnout exceeded what was record statewide voter turnout. Yeah, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, before we get to that, I do want to ask you something about Little Hoover Commission, which is a nonpartisan commission. They recently issued a report saying that they say, you know, we can't call motor voter success story just yet. Um, do you agree with that? Uh, well, I think it's been an overwhelming success. Has it been perfect? No, there were some glitches that came out on the DMV side of uh, how things were done. But the good news, you know, that's the bad news. The good news is these glitches that affected thousands of voters were caught uh, and addressed. Uh, and so uh, the general election still ran uh, pretty smoothly. And there were some additional protections you had in there as well. Correct. Right. There was some uh, data accuracy issues that we experienced uh, in some of the early batches of uh, registrations that were sent to us from DMV. Uh, so we insisted upon a secondary review of the data on the DMV side before it's sent to us for purposes of voter registration. That seems to be working while we uh, make continuous improvements to the program. Okay. Up next, we're going to talk about those problems at DMV. That story in a moment. This is the Maddie Report. Welcome back. I'm Mark Kepler with the Maddie Institute. We're talking about the problems with the rollout of the state's motor voter program. Our guest is Laura Rosenhall with Cal Matters, who looked into DMV's involvement in that rollout. Welcome back to the Maddie Report. Happy to be here. So it seems like DMV has given a series of different explanations regarding why there are so many errors in registering voters. Um, how have their explanations evolved over time? 
When this first cropped up in May, they were talking about a software problem. And then in September, when there was a new batch of problems, they said it was basically human error when workers were sort of toggling between different windows on their computer screens. Um, then in October, they said workers made data entry mistakes. The mistakes had been corrected, they said, but they somehow weren't saved in the computer process. So it was kind of a bunch of different things that added up to more than 100,000 errors last year. Oh, wow. Um, those things do add up. Okay, so DMV seems to be obfuscating. At least when I was reading your article, it seems like they've been obfuscating as to the real problem um, really going on here. What was really going on here? Basically, they launched the motor voter registration system in April, even though they clearly weren't ready. The problem was that they had these disparate computer systems that didn't automatically link together. And so um, most of the problems seemed to happen when workers were sort of somehow trying to manually connect one computer system with another computer system. Anybody ever try to... Two computers talking to each other if they're not on the same uh, platform, that can yeah, be a problem. Yeah, and there haven't been reports of problems since September when they switched to this integrated computer system, so it does seem to be a pretty good theory. You know, you do hear this a lot about IT programs in the state. It seems like they forget to measure twice and, and cut once. Um, so what's DMV's response been uh, when you start asking them about these things? You know, it was weird. They wouldn't directly answer the question about the computer system. Um, they emailed me this... Um, statement that was a little vague saying they were they, that they've been implementing voter mo, motor voter program in phases allowing DMV to roll out additional functionality that was their phrase at the time but I will say that since I published that article they have not refuted a single thing you know my sourcing was based on other outside sources that said this computer um, glitch was the problem and and they're not refuting that but I want to be really clear here though that the problems are serious but no one is alleging these are intentional acts of fraud or hacking, are they? Correct. These okay. all seem to be mistakes. Okay. So this isn't that we're talking about IT products, uh, projects in the state. Not the first time that there have been problems. You've got the California Department of, of Technology, which is the state's IT department, um, involved in this. Don't they share some of the blame for what went wrong at Motor Voter? Yes. And I think right. that um, we'll have to keep an eye on the audits that are underway because it'll be really important to see kind of where do they where do they put the blame once the auditors are, are done looking yeah, into but the, this. The audits are being done by the Department of Finance um, and will the, you think there'll be an audit by the state auditor? Last year the legislature declined to do that but I think that the problems got so bad after session ended last year that I wouldn't be surprised if they do a request for another a, a new request that is honored this time but we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, the, 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 she has a good reputation um, in terms of mm -hmm. drilling down on stuff so that would be interesting if she gets involved. Um, so uh, one of the things you said in your article which I want to get more clarification on is you said that you noted that this underscores another recurring problem the state's history of flouting the federal voter registration law. Can you explain what you mean by that? So back in 2015, some voter rights advocates sued the state, and they were alleging that California was not following a federal law that requires that states register people to vote when they go to the DMV to get a new driver's license or renew their existing license. Um, so in response to that lawsuit, the legislature went and passed a law creating the automatic motor voter registration process. And the advocacy groups settled the lawsuit, and that gave them this role in sort of implementing this this program with the state. Okay. Well, up next, we're going to have a conversation with Alex Padilla, California Secretary of State, on the challenges of the initial rollout and the path forward on motor voter.
conversation in a moment. This is the Maddie Report. Welcome back. I'm Mark Kepler with the Maddie Institute. We're rejoined by California Secretary of State Alex Padilla. You know, prior to the November election, you stated you were, quote, deeply frustrated, unquote, with mistakes at DMV and had, quote, grave concerns, unquote, about the botched implementation, even questioning whether the head of DMV should resign. Uh, but you directed the counties uh, to process all valid registration records. Why did you decide, after all these things, to go forward with this program? Oh, well, like I said earlier, I think the program has been overwhelmingly successful. Was the launch perfect? No. And there was a series of incidents uh, that came to light before the November election that led to the point of frustration where we called for uh, the, the resignation of the director of DMV and a change in leadership there. And they eventually uh, left. person did eventually leave. Uh, eventually left. Yeah. And now there's uh, not just uh, new leadership coming in at DMV, but a new gubernatorial administration that gets why, important, why it's important to ensure the integrity of this program. Uh, look, were there, were there glitches here and there? Yes, thousands of voters in this bucket versus that bucket of things that went wrong, inaccurate data that came over for that voter. I think the worst case was there was about 1,600 names of individuals that were sent to us by DMV for purposes of voter registration, mm -hmm. where the individual while at DMV did not say they wanted to be a registered voter and did not attest to their eligibility. So that is a significant concern. If there's something that undermines public confidence, right. either on voter registration or the elections. But the good news again is that it was caught. It was a lot of additional workload for myself and for county elections officials, but the people who were eligible uh, to be registered were registered uh, in big numbers before November, and those who weren't, their registrations, if they uh, came through, were immediately canceled. So we did the work that was necessary okay. to ensure the integrity of the election, uh, but we kept the program going because of the hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people yeah. who were previously eligible. Can you, imagine, can you imagine them showing up to vote and then saying they couldn't vote? That exactly, would have been a, a, exactly. yeah, a problem. But let me ask you this. You know, what is your response to those who allege that the, the problems with motor voter may have impacted any close state or local elections? No, we've already done the review okay. uh, of the people who you know, might not have been eligible or if you know, the, the last case of DMV was people who had submitted voter registration forms to DMV, but they were not sent to us. Uh, you know, people who submitted forms before the, the deadline to register to vote for November, but we did not receive them until much later, you know, things of that nature. We went through all the close races in all the counties. No races uh, or outcomes would have been affected. No, by the way, you weren't the only one who did that. Uh, McClatchy newspapers did it as well, and they <laughs> said that it likely had no effect, um, at least on six of the seven outcomes. There was one race here in the Valley, uh, T.J. Cox and David Valdale congressional race that was kind of close, but they said that if it was to have an effect, it would have had to skew really something unrealistic uh, that would have happened. So it's unlikely that it did have an effect. So they trusted uh, but verified. They trusted but exactly, <laughs> trusted but verified. Um, so what are you playing? People are wondering, you know, the next election. Always think about the next election. You've got, you know, the March primary um, with the presidential election. You've got the November 2020 election. What are you planning to ensure that the motor voter program is going to be run efficiently and effectively for those elections? All right. So again, the motor uh, pro voter program has continued, uh, and we're seeing big numbers. The motor voter, the success of the motor voter program, uh, was a big reason why we recently announced a new record in the state of California: 20 million registered voters on the rolls in California, uh, and we're on pace to maybe reach 21 million by next March primary election. I, I should know this, you, you probably do. How many potential registered voters are there? So roughly 25.5 million or so in California. Wow. The number fluctuates, people turning 18, people moving, uh, et cetera. So, so you're 80% or? Yeah, right, yeah, so registered. we're at the highest point of uh, eligible voters being registered uh, in California history and, and we keep climbing. 
so that's a good thing, but there's always more work to do, more people mm -hmm. who are eligible but not registered. Not everybody you know, uh, renews their driver's license every year, it's every five years. So there's still room for other efforts to capture eligible uh, voters to register. You know, I know you're using a lot of technology, and this is a little bit off the beaten path kind of question. Sure. Is why is it, every time I look at the state, they always have problems with technology. Um, any, any reason, I mean, we, we were in the, the home of Silicon Valley, yet we always seem to have a problem with technology. Uh, we can do you know, multiple other shows uh, just okay. on that, but I know, you know at, at the Secretary of State's office, we've embarked on a number of technology projects separate and apart from motor. Yeah, but DMV, it sounded like they weren't we've, talking to each Their computers weren't talking to each other. They were doing stuff by manually. DMV is a, a beast, right? And, yeah. and it's one thing to think, okay, I'm going to build something from scratch. But right. what happens in government more often than not is you're building something to transition from a very old legacy system. That transition process uh, is complex and, and will oftentimes get you into trouble, let alone the procurement contractual process in state government, very different than uh, the private sector, uh, and then just the expectations of people. Right Nowadays, you can do almost anything so, on your smartphone, you're right. but that's not how government works. You know, I've only got about 30 seconds left, but I want to ask you this question. People are kind of concerned sometimes about uh, election equipment security. I mean, what can you tell us about that? What's being done to make sure that the election equipment is secure? I think California has the gold standard. The equipment has to be tested and certified that it meets our security standards before it can be used in California. We insist on paper ballots and a voter verified paper trail. We keep voting systems offline, not connected to the internet, and we require every county to conduct post-election audits after every election. Paper's good. It sounds Paper's like the, the old, old, old stuff is sometimes the best stuff. Can't hack a piece of paper, plus <laughs> there... you can count it, recount it, and audit it if necessary. Okay, well thank you for that, Secretary Padilla. The Politics of Motor Voter next with veteran political observer John Myers of the LA Times. This is the Maddie Report. Welcome back, I'm Mark Kepler with the Maddie Institute. So what are the political implications of the initial rollout of California's motor voter program? Our guest would know. He's John Myers, LA Times, Sacramento Bureau Chief. Welcome back to the Matter Report. Thank you very much. Uh, seems like you were just here. Um, <laughs> well, um, we just heard from Secretary of State Alex Padilla, who doesn't appear to be very happy with all the snafus surrounding uh, motor voter and its rollout. Do you think the problems surrounding the initial rollout of motor voter are going to give fuel to President Trump and those who pu are pushing this voter fraud conspiracy theory? I think almost anything gives fuel to these kinds of conversations these days. I think anything that you do when you tinker with the process of elections, if there are problems, someone will take that problem and try to extrapolate that there must be a larger problem. There's no evidence of what the of president has said. It's, it's simply not true by all available evidence. Uh, it doesn't show that there's no voter fraud, just not to the extent that he's talked about. The rollout problems with new motor voters, I think we should call it, because there was motor voter federally before this, um, certainly give people pause as to how that information's gathered and where it's, whether it's gathered correctly. I will say that the final um, point of all of this are local elections officials. 58 counties, registrars, they've gone through, they look through the data, a lot of them caught the problems early on and rectified it. I think they, um, they probably are the ones mostly who know that uh, things got sorted out. Does anybody know if non-citizens uh, voted either in the June primary or the November general election as a result of motor voter? I haven't seen any evidence of that. Certainly we wrote a story that uh, showed that some non-citizens were registered to vote. Uh, I did a story of a gentleman in Orange County who called me and said, I went to get a new driver's license. I'm a Canadian. I'm here legally. I have a green card. I'm a Canadian. I got registered to vote. How did that happen? We did that, and uh, the DMV came back and said he wasn't the only one. It was a small number, but some nonetheless. Whether those folks voted, like this gentleman told me, I would never vote. That's not my thing. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think if it happened, it would be small, but small can be powerful, as we just talked about when people have perceptions of uh, how something works. Yeah, and it can't get worse if it doesn't. It doesn't get corrected, obviously, going forward. Um, 
What about local and state races? Any idea whether any of those were, be, were impacted um, by the motor voter mix-ups at DMV? Uh, not that we've had any evidence of. I mean, I really think that the larger story, uh, absent additional evidence, of course, is, uh, is the simple fact that we had a lot of people get registered. And the goal of this law was to register more Californians to vote. We're around 19 million voters. We had a lot of people come in in those weeks and months that the new motor voter system was on online. Um, those people, uh, I think to me the question is, is what was their participation rate? I haven't seen that data broken down because it's one thing to register, it's another thing to vote. Um, but it has the potential to make major changes in California, I think. What do you think about the, the, the attempt to audit uh, motor voter? you think that's going to correct some of those uh, problems that, that the voters are concerned about? I think if you're Governor Gavin Newsom, you absolutely want it to. I think uh, he wants to start fresh. Um, the problems at DMV are not just about motor voter, the long lines, the uh, problems they were having with other systems. They have a software system that have struggled for years to, to bring up to speed and up to date. Um, I think the governor wants to make a clean start, and I think these audits that are being conducted, both about new motor voter and DMV in general, are going to go a long way toward that. But keep in mind, um, the rubber still has to meet the road somewhere. You actually have to get this stuff going. And DMV, its challenges, I think, are a long-term, very expensive thing. Again, its technology's been outdated. That's a key element. Even when we put motor voter into place, you had to have new technology, learn how to read the old technology of DMV. Um, some people would suggest you got to do more than that. Yeah, and, and Lauren Rosenthal was talking about that from CalMatters, saying that one of the problems was the interface with the, with the old computers and the new computers and whatnot. Um, do you think it's going to affect, um, in terms of so many more people now are getting registered to vote, that's going to have an impact then on the, on the election in 2020 through motor voter? Uh, I think it certainly could, and I think the advocates of the new motor voter system and the old motor voter system would certainly want that. I mean, the participation is the goal, um, unless, you know, your goal is not participation because your party's not winning or your side's not winning. Um, I think if you go all the way back, Mark, all the way back to the federal law in 1993 um, and the efforts to get that in place and the lawsuits by voting rights groups in California to say California wasn't implementing it correctly and the effort to bring the new motor voter, the automated system in, it's all trying to get more people to the polls, more people registered. It's having an impact on registration. The long-term effect on elections, I think, is going to be really interesting. Yeah, it will be. Well, thank you very much, John Myers, the LA Times. I also want to thank Alex Padilla, the California Secretary of State, and Laura Rosenhoff from CalMatters. From News Talk 580-1059 KMJ, this is the Maddie Report, Valley Views Edition. Welcome back. I'm Mark Kepler with the Maddie Institute. Our next guest is Rebecca Martinez, a clerk recorder register of voters from Madera County, a person whose advice is increasingly sought by other county registrars of voters throughout California as they work to implement the new changes brought about by the Voter Choice Act. Well, welcome to the Maddie Report. Thank you very much. All right, well, let's start with some basics. Um, how does someone in Madera County figure out if they're registered to vote and what do they do if, they, if they're not and they want to register to vote? So any California voter can check their voter registration status online at registertovote.ca.gov. So whether you live in Madera, Fresno Kings, or anywhere else in California, you can check your voter registration status, update your voter registration information, or register for the first time at that same website. Again, register to vote at ca.gov. That seems pretty pretty easy, pretty straightforward. So there's really no excuse not to get registered, I suppose, huh? Exactly. <laughs> right. I thought you'd say that. Uh, you know, the Voter Choice Act uh, authorized 14 counties to conduct uh, any election as an all-mailed ballot election if certain conditions exist. 
Now, of those 14 counties, only five, Madera being one, opted to try to make these changes that were allowed under the Voter Choice Act. Why did Madera County choose to do that? So the Voter's Choice Act um, requires that um, both centers um, be open for 11 consecutive days, um, concluding with Election Day, while other vote centers are open for four consecutive days, um, concluding on Election Day. But Madera County specifically opted to move forward with the Voters' Choice Act for three primary reasons. One was to improve the voting experience for voters. Madera County, which, you know, my customers have changed, have changed in the last 30 or so years. And in an effort to accommodate the changes, we need to improve the voting process. And the Voters' Choice Act created that opportunity um, for improvement. In 2017, I, I knew that I was going to have to replace our current voting equipment. The old equipment was equipment that I purchased in 1990. And, you know, Madera County has used it since then, and it has served us well. And even though it was old and antiquated, I never um, distrusted its, um, its accuracy. And of course, I think the voters were comfortable with that system. It was paper-based. And so they didn't they didn't concern themselves too much with electronics. Relying on 30-year-old equipment that was reliant upon a um, a person as the vendor was risky business. So yeah. we knew that we needed to make a change. And um, the Voters' Choice Act offered me that opportunity to, you know, move forward with the purchase. And then, you know, hiring 350 poll workers for an election was becoming more and more difficult um, every year. Mm -hmm. And in um, 1990, when I became the county clerk, volunteerism and community participation was still uh, very much a part of the of people's lives. And society's changed in that respect. And funding 350 people who were willing to give up their normal lives for three hours of training and uh, working a 16-hour day for a minimum wage was becoming a daunting task. So the Voters' Choice Act lowered that number to, I don't know, around 50. Uh, that's that's a little bit easier, a little more manageable. Sure is. So um, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about the Voters' Choice Act and, and our new um, voting model, because we've conducted at least two elections under that model. and. Um, I'm happy with its um, successes and the things that it affords um, our voters. Um, it wasn't an easy decision for me to make, um, but at the end of the day, I felt that's what was best for Madera County. In the last election, which was um, 2016, we had 67% of our voters vote by mail. That's a lot, yeah. And so when you look at the Voters' Choice Act model, you know, you're, 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 you're almost at that place where you're, you're issuing all-mail ballots yeah. anyway. Mm -hmm. And it but, was trend it's trending um, that way with anyway. the model, I'm sorry? It's trending that Go way ahead. anyway, right? I mean, pe more and more people are voting by Correct. mail. Well, people's schedules are very, very busy, and, you know, they, they, they want to vote sometimes in the, in the privacy of their own home where there's no you know, time limit in a voting booth, if you will, and um, can have open and frank discussions um, um, as a family, if that's what they so choose. And so 
um, I, I think that that's why it's popular and, and getting more and more popular because we do things in absentia um, more and more. I mean, I haven't been into a bank in I can't tell you how long because <laughs> everything is done, you know, online. And things Very and true. But, Very true. But anyway, so um, we mail every registered voter a ballot and that ballot um, goes out 29 days before um, the election. And under the Voter's Choice Act, the voter gets to decide. They get to decide how they want to vote, when they want to vote, and where they want to vote. And Election Day is no longer just that one day. Yeah, you can drop those your votes off at these things called vote, voter centers? Yes, yes. So, so um, if you get a ballot, if and when you get your ballot in the mail, a voter can um, vote that ballot for sure. And they can um, put it into a drop box if that's what they choose, and that's free. Um, Madera County has six drop boxes throughout throughout the county. We have some 24-hour boxes, 24/7. We have some drop boxes that are located inside of two different grocery stores, and the hours of operation for those are um, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. So they have a long period to be able to drop those ballots off into a locked drop box. Most of them, um, there might be one, are under camera view. And so they're, they're secure. Or you can mail your ballot back in the envelope that we've provided with, with postage. They can also take that ballot and drop it off at any vote center. Before, um, you could drop your ballot off at any vote center or any polling place, I should say, and um, that was acceptable. But you could only vote at a polling place right, of, right. Of, that was located in the area, if you will, where they live. And now that's different. The vote centers now have repa- replaced the traditional polling place. When you were first doing this, though, I mean, I'm sure you had people had questions. How did you roll this out? I mean, did you have public hearings or just... You didn't just make the decision. You probably had public hearings and things like that to ask folks what they thought of this, correct? We did. So, so the process of implementing the, the, the Voters' Choice Act, of course, was no small task. We were required to um, draft a new election administration plan from scratch, you know, with a very arduous public outreach component. And that was required, you know, by law. We held multiple public workshops. We we consulted with non-English preference um, organizations. Uh, we reached out to our disabled community advocates. And in June, when we started, we did approximately 50 public presentations wow. prior to the June primary. I mean, we were out just about every night just trying to get the word out. But I had an obligation to do everything I could to, you know, inform every registered voter that, one, they would be getting a, uh, an official ballot in the mail, that vote centers were replacing those polling places, and where those um, vote centers would be. And that we, for the first time, had ballot drop boxes that they could use to return those ballots. So it was... Um, it was really giving them every single opportunity to be able to drop their ballot off at night, you know, on the weekend, anytime. Yeah, that really makes a huge difference. And the fact that we had two, 
Yeah, and the fact that we had two in a grocery, two in in grocery stores, two different grocery stores, one up in Oakhurst and one off Avenue 12, the state market. You know, they could be buying groceries and drop their ballot. Right. Wouldn't have to make an extra trip. Yeah, that's pretty so convenient. So we really tried to make it. Yeah, well, you know what? Up next, we're going to take a short break, and up next, we're going to find out what were the results of all this work by Madera County. That conversation in a moment. This is the Maddie Report. From News Talk 580-1059 KMJ, this is the Maddie Report, Valley Views Edition. Welcome back. I'm Mark Keppel with the Maddie Institute. We're talking to Rebecca Martinez, the clerk recorder register of voters for Madera County, just one of four counties in the state that opted to implement the changes to the electoral process permitted by the Voter Choice Act in the last election. So, um, Rebecca, I want to ask you, what happened uh, to voter registration in Madera County as a result of motor voter? Were there more people registered as a result? So, actually, Mark, it was, it was five counties in the state that opted in to um, implement the Voters' Choice Act. But let's not confuse the Voters' Choice Act with the new motor voter. Okay. They're very different creatures. In Madera County, we haven't really seen a discernible change in um, voter registration as a result of the new motor voter program. Um, there certainly have been some new registrations coming in, but not so many that that we felt compelled to make um, any changes in, in how we operate, at least in that regard. We have um, seen a lot of updates coming in from the DMV. You know, when people move or right. perhaps get married and change their name, um, updating their voter registration sometimes is not high on the, their priority list. But making sure their driver's license is correct usually is one of the first things they do. So we get those sooner now than, than we used to. Um, you know, you, you do hear people talking about, I know motor voter is a little different than the voter center thing we were talking about initially. But, you know, in terms of motor voter, people saying, oh, that perhaps that people who shouldn't be voting might get on the on the uh, on the on the polls on the rolls, rather, uh, non-citizens. Are you worried at all about non-citizens um, voting in elections because of motor voter? Um, I, I have the utmost confidence in the democratic process in, in, in my county. I'm, I mean, can I say with 100, I, I can say with 100% certainty that every person who has um, ever voted was absolutely positively um, eligible no i i i don't believe that there is um, any way to provide that level of certainty but what i can tell you is that the process in place is thorough exhaustive and and it works right and whether it's confirming registration information with the state via the social security numbers or driver's license numbers sending confirmation cards or conducting pre-primary confirmations there are a number of processes in place to protect the integrity um, of the process. And I take that part of my job seriously. I think voters in my county know that and their faith and trust is, is sacred to me. Yeah, I think, you know, you make a really good point that nothing really in life, what they say except death and taxes, is absolute. I mean, you know, you, the question is whether or not those issues are determinative, we're going to make an impact uh, an election. And all the research I've seen is the answer is absolutely not. Um, you know, there might be a one-off situation, but it's extremely rare um, that you have people voting that are not supposed to be voting. So I think the system, from everything I've seen in research, seems to be working pretty well. Um, in terms of, you know, the, all these things that you're doing, Motor Voter, the, these, uh, the Voter Choice Act, 
what impact is it having on, on voter turnout? Are you seeing a real uptick in, in voter turnout? Because of the timing of the implementation of the new uh, the new motor voter and and the issues the state of California had with its rollout, I, I can't really say what impact it had on turnout. I can tell you that we saw a moderate increase in turnout that we believe was at least in part attributable to the Voters' Choice Act. So in June 2018, our turnout was up by seven points. Well, that's not so insignificant. I'm so happy, right? I'm happy with that. Yeah, that's not insignificant. Right. Yeah. But in, um, we had almost a 16-point increase, and that was huge for us. And that was in November. I mean, people, that was correct in November. Yeah, for a midterm election, that's a, that's a big increase. It really was. I was proud of that turnout. Um, people took advantage of the process, and, you know, that's, that's what counts. That's what we want. That's what we're looking for, is for people to take advantage of, of the process and, you know, exercise that right. And um, I was happy with Madera County. Is, is this some of the, are these some of the biggest changes you've seen since you've been the registrar of voters in Madera County? The things happened with Motor Voter and the Voter Choice Act? Definitely the Voters' Choice Act. I mean, I've, I've, I've been in county business for 45 years and the elected registrar since um, 1990. And this, this was by far the biggest um, change in um, um, election law. And um, I see it growing. You know, there was only five of us in um, in 2018. Mm-hmm. There's going to be at least um, 12 of us, I guess, in um, in 2020. What kind of what kind of questions are you being asked? Because I'm sure people are saying, you know, you were the first one out of the gate in Madera County, so a lot of these other counties are probably wondering, gee, how did it work? What should we know? What kind of questions are you getting? Um, um, they 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 really are trying to wrap themselves around the cost that are associated with adopting the Voters' Choice Act. Um, they're wanting to know um, how, much, um, how much equipment we used at a particular election. For example, in June, we had um, three of our electronic voting units um, at every site. Mm-hmm. Well, we found that that was, that was not sufficient. So in November, we bumped at least the the um, government center vote center, um, we bumped that up to at least six electronic units. And what what everyone needs to understand is we were a paper based system, so we we would mail out these small cards, right? And they were a mark. It was a mark sent system, and um, there was no equipment other than our disabled access equipment. But most people didn't use that equipment. Well, now we get a system that people can, um, that, that they can operate, mainly because everybody, or most people, I should say, not everybody, but most people have some kind of a tablet at home. And our voting system is a huge tablet-looking piece oh, really? of equipment. Hmm. And so you can you can touch the screen, you can enlarge the screen, you can change the background color, you know, dependent upon you know if you have an eyesight issue, and so um, even our 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 reluctant older population um, have well embraced 
our new voting system because of those features. And they're not distrusting of it because it's not connected to the internet in any way. And so, so counties that are looking to buy systems, they're inquiring about, you know, our vendor and, you know, and things of that sort. Yeah, I bet you can provide some very valuable information to these counties. They're looking to you for guidance. Sure. Yeah, that's really helpful. And again, this is all trial and error, right? I mean, when you're the first one out of the gate, um, you know, you're going to be seeing all the the initial yes. problems and dealing with them. Uh, what kind of, you know, what kinds of things, what kinds of changes uh, based on your experience would you like to see going forward in the system? Are there any, anything you'd like to see improvements made in some way or another? So I've always believed that, um, you know, um, no one person or process is perfect. And so for almost 30 years that, you know, that I've been county clerk, we've always concluded every election with ideas for improving the next one. Um, but this time, because the, the Voters' Choice Act was new, we learned a lot and have already been working on improvements for 2020. I mean, we learned a lot from June, <laughs> you know, what we're not going <laughs> to do and what we are going to do. And then, of course, you know, I think I've got it down just right. And then in November, I just, you know, I had to make changes, and so I'm making those changes for um, 2020. Um, the biggest one is doing whatever we can to get those voters who want to vote in person to do so before the last day, right? Because because we have people out at those locations 11 days, so we're hoping that people catch on. The voting day is more than one day. Yeah, but you know, and Rebe- you can vote ten days before I understand, that. But Rebecca, I mean, I, I, I bless you for for trying. But the reality is, people just procrastinate, don't they? I mean, they just they'll wait to the last minute. It seems like it is true. It is true, <laughs> and and I don't know. You know, if, you know, trying to predict <laughs> voter behavior is 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 a difficult part of my job. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 but it was even worse when we were trying. I'll have to plead guilty on this myself. I mean, you know, I, I do a, a mail-in ballot, and of course, I delivered it to the polling place the day of the election. The whole point of a mail-in ballot is supposed to be convenient. You can do it at any time, and I get busy, busy, busy. Oh, I got I to mail in my, you know, got to get in my, my ballot. So I plead guilty to being one of those procrastinators. Um, you know, looking forward to, to 2020, um, yeah, it's going to be a presidential election. I'm assuming you're going to see greater turnout than you did in the midterms. Um you ready for it? Um, I'm certainly starting that process now. You know, we've been planning on, okay, you know, do we want to put even more equipment out there? Because, you know, people um, that are used to voting at, at, at a polling place, if you will, they, they are holding on to their ballots, right? Because they were used to going and voting at the polling place on Election Day. And so... We're hoping that we can do more outreach. And, of course, now that Fresno um, is moving forward with the Voters' Choice Act, that's going to help me with media, right? Because what I was concerned about before was not using so much media that the voters in Fresno County get confused. But now that Fresno County is going to be a Voters' Choice Act county, we should be able to share that media and people will catch on. You're going to get this ballot in the mail because it's going to work the same way in Fresno County. Um, unfortunately, the, the biggest impact on the 2020 election will be outside of my control and purview. So as we saw in 2018, the electorate been stirred. They're engaged. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully they're committed to protecting their voice. And the fact that 
they're inspired to vote for whatever reason is something that I'm really, really glad to see. Yeah, let me ask you one last question, and that is, you know, you do hear a lot about people concerned about uh, the security of our elections. What would you tell voters? Should they be, is it, should they be worried uh, that their vote is going to be is going to count uh, and it's not going to be subject to some kind of hacking? No, our equipment is not tied to the internet. So um, the voting system that we purchase produces a paper ballot if you choose if you choose to vote on the equipment. So it will produce when you tell it that you're done voting on the equipment. It will produce a paper ballot. It gives the voter the opportunity to look at it, make sure that it's correct. And if it's correct, they can drop their ballot into the ballot box. Those ballots are transported to the election department, my office, every single night upon closing of the vote center. They're they're brought to us by two people at a time in locked bags or boxes, and then they're stored in um, a room until they are processed the next day and put into, um, there's a lot of steps that go into it, but they end up in boxes by precinct. And they're sealed until we count them on election night. Sounds and they're like, counted there in-house. It sounds like the voters then can rest easy, um, that their votes are going to count in Madera County for sure. Well, I want to thank Rebecca Martinez for taking some time to talk with us about what's happening in Madera County on the cutting edge on the voting uh, Voters' Choice Act. Thanks very much for that conversation. Thank you, Mark. The views and opinions expressed in the Matter Report are those of the individuals participating in the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the California Channel or the Maddie Institute. If you'd like to share your thoughts about the points and opinions expressed in the Matter Report, visit our website at maddieinstitute.org. The Maddie Report, Valley Views Edition, is a public affairs partnership between KMJ Radio, Cumulus Media, and the nonpartisan Maddie Institute. Providing the Valley with valuable insight and analysis on politics and important public policy issues. This is KMJ.